Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Welcome to another episode of Reconciling Grace. This is Pete Vecchi, one of the associate pastors from West Carrollton Church of the Nazarene. And on our panel today, we have Vicki Cundiff, who is one of the staff pastors at Countryside Church of the Nazarene in Lebanon, Ohio. Mick Wells, who is the president of Wells of Salvation Ministries and one of the co-hosts of Cross Connection Radio. And Steve Wilson, who is a graduate from United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. It is good to have a full panel back for the last several times we've been here. I think we've only had three people each time, but that's kind of the way it is when you try to get the schedules of four different people to come in to do a panel discussion. We sometimes end up doing it with three, but it's good to have everybody with us again today. And the uh, topic we're going to be talking about today kind of is something that grew from the um, previous discussion, or a previous discussion, I should say, and it got to the question about prophets and prophecy. And so I just want to start out today by asking each of you if you could name two different Old Testament prophets for me. Vicki, I'll start with you. Amos and Joel. Amos and Joel. Those are two of the, what they would call the minor, minor prophets. prophets. Right. Mick, what about you? How about Malachi and Micaiah. Micaiah and Malachi. You know, he, his name kind of looks like Malachi sometimes, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Steve, what do you have to say? How, who are a couple of the Old Testament prophets? I'll say Elijah and Elisha. Okay. Well, those are six different prophets that were named in the Old Testament. And uh, I was thinking Micah, not Micaiah. Again, though, that that's a different person, isn't it, Mick? It is. So um, some of these people had books of the Bible named after them, and the books of the Bible that were named after them were books that they actually wrote. Um, Steve, you mentioned two prophets who neither one of them wrote books of the Bible. Vicki, you mentioned two prophets who did write books of the Bible, and I guess, Mick, you, you just kind of split it right down the middle. You had one of each, didn't you? I was searching for one that wasn't a Bible uh, book. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> so those are people who are known as prophets in the Bible. Here's my question is, what were prophets called to do? So a prophet seems to have done two things in my mind. Sometimes they, well, they always spoke a word from God, but sometimes that word from God was uh, talking about future events, and sometimes they were talking about uh, the ramifications of present events. Mm-hmm. And in the Old Testament especially, I believe that the Bible shows us that that was the way that God primarily spoke to his people was through a prophet. God would speak to the prophet, and then the prophet would speak to the people or a group of people or even to an individual person. And that's what a prophet was supposed to do. And of course, then the words that that prophet spoke were called prophecy or a prophetic, I don't want to say vision, but prophetic Announcement, statement, statement mm-hmm. pronouncement, something like that. So here's what I want to say. Did did every single person who said, this is what God said to tell you guys or you people or whatever, did every person 
whoever um, said that, even in the Bible, tell everything exactly accurately? Well, no, Pete. I think that uh, the Bible clearly points out that um, some prophets were on a different wavelength. Mm -hmm. And even though they called themselves prophets, uh, they weren't really reflecting a truth from God. It was something they made up. And in fact, the Bible sometimes indicates that they said whatever the recipient of the prophecy wanted to hear, and uh, they weren't exactly uh, prophets in the sense of a prophet of God. They were probably considered false prophets in the eyes of God. And didn't God actually prescribe something specific to happen to some false prophets? Vicki, do you remember what that might have been sometimes? Well, they were going to be put to death if they spoke falsely or spoke in another God's name. That's right. So this is something that, especially in the Old Testament days, was, was pretty serious. I mean, if this is the way that God, during those days, chose to speak to his people, chose to communicate with his people, and somebody would say, I have a message from God for you, well, you better be telling the truth. Otherwise, God isn't going to like it so much, and if it's found to be that you're telling something false, God would say that that person, at least especially in certain um, specific, specific times, would actually need to be put to death. Because God wants to communicate with people, and it's important that people do so accurately. Now, here's an interesting question that I have. One of the things that kind of is in the Bible saying is that you can tell if a prophet is a true prophet by if what that person says is going to happen actually happens. Does anybody remember reading that in the Bible? Yes. So there was a person who was a prophet, and I specifically asked you all not to name this person because I wanted to talk to the, about this person specifically for a moment, who was named Jonah. Everybody remembers Jonah. Sounds kind of fishy to me, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, Jonah was the, the, the prophet whom God called. He has a book written in his name. Um, as I said to Vicki when I was saying if we want to look it up, we just look right after the book of Obadiah, and we'll find the book of Jonah. Obadiah was another prophet. But Jonah was receiving a word from God, telling him to go to Nineveh and to preach against that city and to tell them that after a certain number of days, God was going to destroy the city. And so as a faithful follower, well, he had a little bit of a detour, <laughs> you know, but he, he spent a lot of time in the ocean and, and in a fish or whale or whatever it might have been. It was a sea creature. If you look at the original language, it just basically means a sea creature. But uh, after he went through all this stuff and, and he was finally convinced, yes, I got to go do what God told me to say and do, he went to the Ninevites and he told them exactly what God told him was after these number of days, you are going to um, experience God's wrath. God is going to overthrow you. And what happened? Anybody remember? Well, the people of Nineveh heard the message. They recognized. They did some introspection mm -hmm. and uh, decided they needed to get their act together. So they re repented. And then God did not punish them. God did not overthrow them. 
And remember what Jonah said? I knew it, basically. I knew you were going to do that. And here's the point. What Jonah prophesied did not happen. So can we say then that he wasn't really a prophet? Well, I think that when Jesus calls him a prophet, if you read between the lines, he's basically saying, I think, that Jonah did what I told him to do. I mean, Jonah didn't betray the message that was entrusted in him, if, if you consider that he came back from the fish and finally obeyed. He was giving them clearly the message that God wanted them to have, but implicit in the message, it's, it's a conditional thing. It, it's just that Jonah didn't understand the conditional thing. I understand it in retrospect because the Bible reveals the character of God that he's not willing that any should perish. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you look at that in context, then what God did by changing his mind is consistent with his character, but Jonah wasn't given the message in a conditional sense, but I think that's what the message was. So it's, it's kind of hard to call Jonah a false prophet when he carried out what the Lord wanted him to do. Right. Steve? Right. So I would say that really God would want a lot of his messages to the prophets not to uh, come true because a lot of them were warning the people, if you don't repent, these people are going to come in and conquer you and you're going to be exiled etc. So God would have wanted the people to repent just like the Ninevites did. Right. And I, I, I agree everything with what you're all saying. And in fact, I had um, asked Vicki if she would read from um, Matthew chapter 12, verse 39. These are the words of Jesus. And let me see what Jesus thinks about whether or not Jonah was a prophet. A wicked and adulterous generation asked for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. The sign of the what, Jonah? Prophet Jonah. So, I mean, mm -hmm. if Jesus affirms that Jonah was a prophet, I think I'm going to say that Jonah was truly a prophet. Sure. And Jesus did indeed affirm Jonah as a prophet. So I think that, Mick, what you and Steve, what you said is exactly right, that Jonah gave the message that he was supposed to give. It's just that the reason that he gave the message was for the intention that the Ninevites would repent, which they did. So God didn't have to overthrow them and destroy them. Absolutely. But you know, Pete, a, a prophet that predicts the future as God has revealed it to him is only exercising one aspect of being a prophet. That's right. He went and preached the truth. He spoke the words of God because that's what a prophet did, went sure. out and spoke to, uh, revealed God's uh, truth, revealed God's will to the people uh, so that they'd know he, who he was They'd know how to live, what God expected of them. So there was a lot to it rather than just predicting the future. And God knows everything ahead of time. He knew those people were going to repent. But he didn't tell Jonah ahead of time because I, I think anyway, I think he was trying to help Jonah in the sense of uh, Jonah didn't want to go. Those people were oppressing the Jewish people. And so he withheld information from him, I think, of what he was going to do because he went grudgingly. He went, but that's only after he was swallowed that big whale. <laughs> right. <laughs> it had to get really drastic. And, and then even when he did go and he said, I knew you would do that, you know, as you mentioned earlier, uh, basically, we won't get in, don't have time to get into everything, but that what happened was God told him, you're only basically thinking about yourself, you mm -hmm. know, because of something that happened with the, the son, you know, and the melody into that or the... 
the, the what was it? The, 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 the vine. The vine, vine withered. Yeah, I couldn't think. Right. But anyway, uh, God knew what was going to happen ahead of time, but predicting the future is only one aspect of a prophet. And the other thing is that I don't think that God necessarily always wanted the Ninevites to know, okay, you still have a chance to repent, because how many people will say, okay, I'll repent, and not really mean it? I think that the way that it reads in the book of Jonah is that the Ninevites repented because they really felt they needed to do this. This is their only chance. It's not just, hey, here's an out, guys. This is this kind of thing. We need to repent, and then maybe God will relent, even though God didn't say he would. He did. did. And I think that that indicates that the Ninevites had an actual change of heart. And uh, so what Jonah did was truly effective. And we're going to get back to this discussion about prophets and prophecy in just a few moments. But first, we do need to take a break for our sponsor. So we're back with Reconciling Grace, and we've been talking about prophets and prophecy, and thus far, we haven't even gotten into the New Testament yet. We've been talking about Old Testament prophets, and I'm going to move on now to the New Testament, because there was a person in the New Testament that Jesus specifically called a prophet. Uh, His name was John. We know him as John the Baptist in Matthew 11.9 and Luke 7.26. Jesus referred to John as a prophet, and yes, even more than a prophet are the words that Jesus used. So there was at least one prophet in the New Testament. Now, some people might have a legitimate argument that uh, Jesus said this before his own death and resurrection, so that would make John actually one of the last Old Covenant or Old Testament prophets. And I think that there's some validity to that because the new covenant was not actually put into place until after Jesus died, rose again, and ascended into heaven. And actually, I think, until after the uh, Holy Spirit first came at Pentecost. But there is another person who is not often really well known who has been talked about in the New Testament who actually was a prophet who prophesied. And so he shows up twice in the book of Acts. Mick, I'm going to ask you to read Acts chapter 11, verses 27 to 29. Yes, and uh, the Bible here, by the way, implies that this individual was among uh, various prophets who uh, visited Antioch. And this verse, these verses are from Acts 11, Uh, Verses 27 to 29 says, During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit, predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. And history does tell us that that famine occurred. The Bible tells us that famine occurred. And so that person, Agabus, gave an accurate prophecy of something that was going to happen. Now, fast forward 10 chapters, basically. Steve, would you read um, from Acts chapter 21, verses 10 to 11? After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. 
Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. And what happened when Paul got to Jerusalem? The Jewish leaders bound him and handed him over to the Gentiles. So again, we have the same person, Agabus, who gave a prophecy that did come true. So here we are in the New Testament period of time where God actually did use a prophet and showed that that prophet must have received a word from God or something. He, he predicted accurately what was going to happen. I don't think that he was one of these people who you see on TV saying, let me tell you a fortune. You know, he was actually somebody who received a word from God. So Luke twice in the book of Acts refers to Agabus as a prophet. And I think that was an honorable person. So how come we don't have kids by the name of Agabus anymore? We know we name them Paul. We name them Luke. We don't name them Agabus. But still, um, he I think was that's a challenge for our listeners. That's right. If anybody's listening out there and you're trying to think of a name of a young child that's preborn, how about Agabus? That sounds great. I don't know. I think if I would have suggested that to my wife, uh, she might have made me sleep in the garage or something. I don't know. Until you changed your mind. Yeah, yeah. She didn't like some of the names I suggested, but I, I digress here. Um, here's the question then that I have is, what does the Bible say about prophets and prophecy in the New Covenant or the New Testament? Um, I asked, I think, Vicki, didn't I ask you to read 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 11, and then 28 to 31? Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. And all these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. And God has placed in the church first of all, first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. And all and are all apostles, or all prophets, or all teachers do all work miracles? And the implied answer is that not everybody does all of those things, but different people will do different ones of those things. And included in that list was prophecy and prophets. So I'm just going to keep on going. Mick, would you read um, 1 Corinthians 14, 1? Hey, Paul tells the Corinthian church, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. All right, and then Steve, would you please read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, and then 11 and through 13. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So there are three different uh, passages there where we read about prophecy or prophets in the 
New Testament. So the Bible does indicate that there are prophets and prophecies in the New Testament. But what about today? I think that it was Steve um, who was sharing with me when we when we were discussing this, even before we came together in the studio. Hey, how about this question? Um, does the Bible say, or not necessarily the Bible say, but what about the question, how did you put it, Steve? Are there prophets post-biblical writers? Is that how you said? Right. In, in the Christian era, after the close of the Bible, so to speak, do we still have prophets? And I would, I would clarify that question by saying, do we still have prophets that fulfill both roles? If we're saying that a prophet sometimes speaks about future events and sometimes simply speaks a word from God, do prophets today still do both of those things? I think that's an interesting question. And, and before I go on, and we're going to still attempt to deal with this, but before I go on, I want to point out that it is not a sin for somebody to say, I don't know. And we might not have everybody agree on this, and we might not always have everybody who knows the actual answer. But I do want to go on with this, and I'm going to have us read a couple of passages here um, that kind of might go along answering these questions. So, Vicki, would you please read for us Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. So there's that little word, but, in there. First of all, it says, in the past, he spoke through the prophets, but now he has spoken through his Son. And then, Mick, would you read what the same writer writes a little bit later? Um, he's actually, as you mentioned before, uh, quoting Old Testament scripture here, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 16 to 17. Yeah, the writer of Hebrews, in quoting Jeremiah, says, This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And I would just like to note there that Hebrews 10, 16, and 17, which you just read, Mick, pretty much repeats what was said in Hebrews 8. It's also quoting the same scripture, but it does not repeat the words from Hebrews 8, 11 that says, no longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. And here's my question with that. Has that time come when they will all know me? Um, from the least to the greatest. Now, I believe that something important happened in um, the book of Acts as recorded in the second chapter, and that was Pentecost. And what was it that happened at Pentecost? Anybody like to answer that? The Holy Spirit came down. And the Holy Spirit not only came down, but he indwelled believers. So that spirit of, if you want to call it prophecy, but the Spirit of God who would tell the Old Testament leaders what to say is the same Spirit who now lives within believers. And so here the Bible is saying that there will be a time when no one will have to say to his neighbor, know the Lord, because they will all know me. And I believe implicit here is the, the idea, not just any old person, but the person who believes in God, who is a follower of God through Jesus Christ. And so has that time come? That kind of goes along with the, the question that you asked, Steve, doesn't it? It does. So 
what do we think about that? Do we need prophets today? Are there are there prophets today that that say go and do such and such? I mean, I'll be honest and say, if somebody walks up to me and says, the Lord told me to tell you, and I think I've shared this before in, in one of our sessions previously, that somebody says to me, the Lord told me to tell you, dot, 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 whatever. I might look at that person and say, oh yeah, really? Why didn't the Lord tell me? You know, um, the Holy Spirit lives within me. The Holy Spirit lives within you, Vicki and Mick and Steve. Yeah, I guess he lives in all of us, doesn't he? So if the Lord wants Mick, if he wants you to do something, I don't think that the Lord would tell me, go and tell Mick to do this. Pete, I've been in, attended some churches where they set a part of the surface aside where people would come up and talk to the pastor and say, should I buy a house? And the pastor would tell them, no, wait two years to do it. And strange things like that, mm -hmm. where you put a... a <laughs> A mediator other than Christ between between you and God some people call that personal prophecy I don't think there's personally I don't think there's any merit uh, to that but I, I think we have to kind of walk on eggshells and admit that we don't understand a lot of things because if we start putting too much credence in people saying the Lord told me this is gonna happen the Lord told me that's gonna happen are we talking modern-day revelation? I think uh, fundamental Christianity says we have the Word of God, uh, a closed canon. God gave us, shared with us, maybe not all truth, but the truths that he wanted us to have in, in the Bible. And it would be interesting to see if anybody functioned like a, a New Testament or Old Testament uh, prophet after the Bible was accepted by the Christian world as a revelation that we can count on, that we would weigh everything against. So if we say, yes, there were prophets in the New Testament, and maybe there are not prophets in the Christian area in the same way, we see that uh, actually in the Bible, between the Testaments, there's 400 years between the last prophet of the Old Testament and the first prophet in the New Testament, being John the Baptist, where God kind of takes this break. He's told the people everything he wants to tell them in the Old Testament. And now he's just waiting for the coming of Christ. And we could be in that period again, where God has told us everything he wants to say, and now we're just waiting for the next thing to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm just one of those that believe, you know, like a lot of people, just like a lot of people believe that they just predict a future, a prophet that prophets are preachers and teachers that God has sent. Uh, the Scripture says in Romans um, chapter 10, beginning at verse 14, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in, speaking of unbelievers, and how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? And of course, they have to be called to be, by God to be sent. Um, and it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so, you know, in the Old Testament times, as we were saying about earlier, the prophets spoke God's words. They, they predicted the future, but as I said earlier, that's just one small part of what they did. They told people who God was. And, of course, Jesus come in the flesh, and the prophets spoke God's word, but now Jesus became the word. But, you know, God is still calling preachers to be prophets, 
to go out and speak the truth of God to people so that they can repent of their sins and believe. Because as the scripture says here, if no one goes out and tells them, how are they going to believe? Mm -hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit is here and lives in believers, but you can't become a believer until someone tells you about God. And I really believe that God has called preachers to be those prophets to go out and speak the truth. And I believe that uh, because we're so constrained by time, we are not going to answer all the questions. You know, some people believe that the apostles and the prophets were there first, as in the early church, to get things started. Um, some people believe that they're still there today. The bottom line is, follow the Holy Spirit, follow what the teachers in the church tell you, and Lord willing, we're going to keep edifying you as we continue with Reconciling Grace next time. This has been Reconciling Grace. Join us again next time as our panel discusses biblical truths centered around the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ.